Welcome to The Realities of Race, a show that is dedicated to normalizing discussion around race and racism within our society by amplifying the voices of people of color. I'm your host, Abby Stoa. I'm also a Chinese American, and with that, have experienced and witnessed what it's like to be a racial minority in the U.S. My hope is with this podcast, people can use this as a tool to not only learn more about race, but learn how to be an ally to those of color. Each episode brings a new guest with a unique background and a fresh discussion or interview concerning topics in which race plays a role. So if any of this sounds interesting, make sure to stick around. Hey everyone, Uh, I know it's been a while since I've got on here. Um, A lot has gone down. Uh, I am now graduated from Lakeville North High School. Woo-hoo, go Panthers. Um, And yeah, I'm coming to you with the ninth episode of The Realities of Race. In this episode, I talk with Terrence Shambly, and we go into a very, very, very in-depth discussion on being people of color and members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I'm gay. Um, And Terrence identifies as queer gender non-binary. And we have just a very in-depth discussion about being part of those communities and being part of the um, people of color community. And it's really interesting. I learned a lot and I think you will too. So without further ado, here is the ninth episode of The Realities of Race. I'm now joined by Terrence. Terrence, thank you so much for being willing to join me today um, and discuss race and your experience as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes, anytime. So in honor of um, June, which is Pride Month, I really want to dig deep and discuss what it means for you to be a person of color and someone who is a part of this community. Um, for me as a person of color and someone who identifies as gay, I know there are a lot of complexities with my identity. Um, and I really want to hear your perspectives on things um, as we can relate to a lot of stuff, I think. Um, so yeah, just can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, name, pronouns, um, relation to the community, and kind of just like where you're at in life right now? Yeah. Okay. My name is Terrence Shambly. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I am genderqueer and non-binary. Um, and I just graduated college. Woo-hoo. Nice. Congrats. Where did you, can I ask where you graduated from? Of course. I, I graduated from Augsburg University. Um, I had a bachelor's in English and uh, creative or English and African-American studies. Uh, and I'm currently, I was job searching, but now I got some job offers. And so I'm, I'm sifting through it and making decisions nice. and about to get nice. a place, doing the whole transition thing. You know, a lot Congrats. Of Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like a little like kind of developing a little bit more about who you are in relation to the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, can I ask when you came out as queer gender and non-binary and kind of when you realized, you know, that part of yourself, I feel like a lot of times um, people in the LGBTQIA plus community 
um, they kind of figure it out at all different points of their life. Um, so I just really want to learn more about like where you were at during that time. For sure. That's such a fun question. I, um, so I'm actually still in the closet. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm not out to my family. Uh, okay. And I'm not out to, to like, like childhood friends and people I knew in high school. But I am out to friends I met at college and friends I know through uh, the arts and organizing scene and in the Twin Cities. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of in like this dual space. Like, like in some spaces, everyone knows I'm non-binary and they're like they, them pronouns. But then in family spaces, I'm, I'm still in the closet. And so it's it's this weird like, it's like Hannah Montana, like best of both worlds, like situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I came out. I guess I came out to to my arts homies. Um, and by arts I mean like like folks in poetry. Um, okay. And and you know people who rap and sing and like like the whole the whole artist uh, situation in the Twin Cities. Um, okay. I came out when I was eighteen. To, to to those folks um i i had the pleasure of competing in a international poetry festival called brave new voices um wow and i was i was part of of six young poets to represent uh, minnesota at the festival um and that festival was just so black and brown and so queer and so trans um and i just i felt I feel so comfortable. I'm like, I'm dressing in more, or dressing in ways, I'm wearing more feminine clothes and like, like I'm, I'm putting my hair up more. Um, and like, like wow. people are calling me ma'am. And like, like, I'm, I'm like, yo, I, I, I think, I, I think I did a thing. I think I just discovered something about myself. I want, I want to be this way all the time. Um, and so when That's I awesome. came back home, uh, thank you. Thank you. But when I came back home, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely trans. Um, I'm not gonna come out because that's hard. But mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna assert myself as a trans person and assert my my okay. pronouns in, in spaces where I feel comfortable, in spaces where I feel like I don't have to. I don't have to. Uh, I don't want to say fight for it because I always have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. But spaces yeah. where I get I get less pushback, you know, like like college. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that about yourself. I know it's like very hard to like be vulnerable and share that much, especially I didn't know that you were still um, closeted to some people in your life. So I really appreciate you opening up like that. Um, can I ask for those of you who for those who are listening who may not be, um, you know, very, um, what's the word, familiar with the terms, like, within the LGBTQIA plus community, um, could you give a little background as to how you identify and what that means to you? Um, I feel like when people, you know, realize they're a part of the community, they kind of have, like, the phase of, like, not really being sure about it, and then at some point, like, a switch just kind of hits and you're like proud of it and you're proud to proclaim it and 
you know, you don't really care <laughs> what anyone else thinks. And I think it's a really comfortable and awesome place to be. But can you give us a little bit of a background as to like how you identify and just what your identity and your labels mean to you? Uh, for sure. Uh, so I go back and forth between identifying as non-binary and, and genderqueer. Um, and for me, like those are just two different ways of saying that that my relationship with gender is complicated. Um, I am someone who, who was assigned to be a, a man at birth, a male at birth. Mm -hmm. um, and people read me as a man because we have a binary understanding of gender. And by binary, I mm -hmm. mean a, a um, by binary, I mean a understanding of gender that's like, you're either this thing or that thing. You know, you're either A mm -hmm. or B. You're either a man or a woman. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me to be non-binary, it means like, hey, you know, I look over here to see all the stuff associated with, with men. You know, I see I see the clothes that they say I'm supposed to wear. I see the, the, the mannerisms they say I'm supposed to have. I mm -hmm. see the, you know, like I... I'm not supposed to like do things like paint my nails because that's considered to be feminine and considered to be things that women do. And I can't wear these sort of clothes and I can't I can't talk this way and like like I'm, I'm just seeing all all the things associated with that category and I'm like mm. for me being non-binary means that those that those things don't work for me. Um, yeah. And so I'm I I I live in this space where um, I don't necessarily identify with, with either uh, end of the whole binary thing, of like man or woman, but I feel more comfortable, um, I feel more comfortable being able to, um, I guess have the freedom to, to, to wear what I want and, and to do what I want with my nails and to talk how I want with my homegirls, um, mm -hmm. and 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 to present as as feminine, uh, or to express myself as feminine, uh, and all of that makes me feel more myself than than the stuff that I'm told I'm supposed to do because of of the kind of body I have. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I, to be honest with you, I didn't know. Um, I'm not super educated with what it means to be non-binary and how that feels. But I think like the way that you explain that could not have been explained any better. Um, so I really thank you for giving me that perspective. And um, hopefully those who are listening now have a better understanding because I feel like it's not talked about enough in our society and like, mm -hmm. you know, within our school systems, like that's still that aspect of being a part of, you know, this community has still not really been embraced, which is really unfortunate. Um, so I really appreciate you giving me that background. Yeah. Um, um, what do you wish people would understand about you and your identity? I feel like with myself um, identifying as gay, I feel like it's perceived as it's a choice or it's a phase <laughs> for whatever reason. I feel like that's mm -hmm. a lot of the taglines within, um, you know, those who identify as gay or, or lesbian. Um, but 
like what what do you wish that people would kind of understand about you as as a non-binary individual i know i kind of bounced off the the past question there but oh no you're good you're good things that i wish people would would understand about me as a non-binary person um I don't know. I think I just wish folks would would uh I wish it wasn't standard practice to to assume somebody's gender based off how you think they look. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really good. I That's I would, straight facts right there. <laughs> yeah, right. I I I feel like um if less folks like like saw a human and was like, "Oh, this looks like a woman. She her. Oh, this looks like a man. He him." And if everyone just embodied this, like, hey, actually, there's very little you know about someone's gender identity based off of how they present or how they're or how you're reading the way they present. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if more folks would use gender neutral pronouns as as a norm to refer to people, or just just not assuming gender in general, mm-hmm. it would make it would take a lot away off of me as a non-binary person and as a and off a lot of other other black and brown non-binary folks, um, yeah. Because because now we don't have to. Hey, actually, they them pronouns. Hey, actually, they them pronouns. And now we don't have yeah. to. Um, and we don't necessarily. We wouldn't necessarily have to lean into our presentation as much. You know, I wouldn't have to feel like. Um, oh, I need to. I need to wear my hair up to to feel more femme today. Or to communicate, uh, uh, to communicate my feminist today, or or hey, I need to get my septum pierced, or I need to get my nails painted. I, I would, I wouldn't, I can still do those things without the pressure of, of feeling like I have to to be read as non-binary. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And I noticed you mentioned being black and non-binary and I think something really interesting is like obviously like us being people of color there's a lot of like trials and obstacles with that in society and then not only are we both people of color but then we're both members (laughs) of this community so like what do you think Mm -hmm. like when you combine those things together there's a lot going on (laughs) so like what (laughs) what kind of things do you think is the hardest because obviously you can be a part of the lgbtqia plus community and you can be a person of color but mm-hmm. then when you de- like mix those two things together something about that i think in my personal experience becomes you know exponentially harder what do you yeah. think what do you think or why do you think it's so hard to be both or like what what obstacles do you think you face that people of color exclusively people of color don't have to face and exclusively those of the community of the lgbtqia plus community would not have to face did that question make sense at all it does it does for sure it's a okay. question yeah i'm uh the first thing your question makes me think about um is intersectionality you know, the, 
it's um intersectionality is is a framework that comes from black feminism and it's mm. it's a way of uh of seeing someone in a more holistic way you know it looks at the way that the same person may be uh empowered or disempowered in in different ways um and so like applying that here you know and like um us being queer and and people of color or queer and trans folks and people of color, like we experience the consequences of racism, but then we also experience the consequences of, of transphobia and homophobia. Um, and so we're in that like that space, uh, or so our experience is different than like like a person of color who who is straight and cis because they don't have to experience transphobia, homophobia, you know, just the racism. And so it's like we're getting jumped by two of these oppressive systems at the same time, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, the way that comes through for me is is uh, in the places I, I guess, in my communities. Like, um, I, I'm more likely to relate to another Black and trans person than I am to relate to a white trans person. Because with a white trans mm-hmm. person, like, me and this white trans person can talk about being misgendered, um, and we can talk about like not having ac- access to 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 resources for trans folks and our bodies, and we can like have all these conversations. But then as soon as I start talking about race, like like you know, the white trans person they might start scratching in the back of their neck and like mm-hmm. look around, you know, like mm, and getting awkward, mm-hmm. and and I start seeing some of the same patterns I see in in cis white spaces, you know. Um, and so I, I wouldn't necessarily feel like I can uh, be my whole self in that conversation or or have or really have nuanced conversations around my experience because because the whole because we can't talk about race because you don't you don't get it, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think that's one of the main points of, of like how I experience being a black and trans um, and also. I'm thinking about family too. Like coming out in, in a black family, like that's gonna be I plan on coming out soon. I wanna move out first. <laughs> cause cause when I move out is is less like I won't be in their face every day and I won't I won't be in the misgendering every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um But when I come out it's gonna be hard because uh I don't know, there's just a lot of I don't want to act like homophobia and transphobia is unique to black communities cuz I think mm-hmm. I think all communities of color and I think I think white folks all have unique experiences with homophobia and transphobia both and there's something about there's something about transphobia in black communities that's like I don't know it's deep it's a lot there and, and yeah I'm thinking about with my cousins um like how they how they would respond to like like seeing me pull up to a function, um, you know, with my nails done and my septum out, and like maybe I'm wearing uh a leggings and like a belly shirt and like I I I know their gut reaction will be like like disgust or 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 like violence, you know? Um Wow. And so it's uh it's just it's just a lot to 
a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about. And coming out as trans yeah. too is like a full time job. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say yeah. Like myself, I feel like, um, like within the LGBTQIA plus community, I definitely feel like gay is definitely the most accepted mm. within the community because I feel like it's almost just the bulk you know like when you think of like yeah. LGBT like you think of gay but like now like our society is realizing that there's more to the LGBT community than those who are gay yeah. so I feel like for me as someone who identifies as such you know obviously like it's not easy to come out to people you know because you never know what's going to happen but I think it's a lot easier than coming out as trans or non-binary or even, you know, bisexual. People aren't mm. fully grasping the concept or aren't understanding that that can be a thing. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's like very, it's a lot easier to come out as gay than it is other identities within the community. You know, and, and, and that resonates with me, yeah, because it's like, um, if I come out as trans, I can't just be like, okay, I'm transgender, and then walk away because now, because now they have so many questions and they don't know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I have mm-hmm. to, I have to break down what it means to say gender, um, is socially constructed and like how it's possible to transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I got to break down the binary and like, like what does it mean to be non-binary? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now I got to break down pronouns and have this conversation about language and. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after the conversation, like after the ninety-minute workshop, <laughs> I, I, it's an everyday effort to now to to uphold to uphold my transness, like like because I'm gonna be misgendered, right? Mm-hmm. And and this isn't my experience, but a lot of trans folks change their names, and a lot of folk and their family members would would I don't want to say misname because because I don't think that's a word, but will use their dead names when they refer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's it's like you have to constantly, oh, no, I use they, them pronouns. Oh, I use they, them pronouns. And it's like you have to do it every time or, or enough. Uh, otherwise, it's almost like you're going back in the closet. So with that, in what ways can our society like better, you know, Expo or not expose, but like maybe expose is the right word. And what ways do you think our society can better like convey or educate that like like stuff on the LGBT community and the struggles of like those who are BIPOC and a part of the LGBTQIA plus community? Like where do you think that needs to start for people to like better understand? our full identities. Yeah. I think folks need to be genuinely committed. Um, And I think what that looks like to me is that you go and you do the reading. You go and do the readings. There's so many, I feel like, I feel like black, queer and trans folks have written so much literature about our experience. and I feel like there's so much learning material out there. Um, and like, like it's nothing to to collect some resources, to, you know, try to find some keywords. 
um, and collect collect some books, collect some podcasts, and just like like really immerse yourself in what queer and trans theory is, and like like what does it mean to to say gender socially constructed? And there are folks that say sexuality is socially constructed, and like just really immerse yourself in these conversations, journal about it, reflect, and like do that work. Because something I see is that people think the work is walking up to a queer and trans person and being like, hey, tell me about your experience. Like, hey, can you educate me? Hey, can you change my mind? Um, and I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if you're really asking that question, then you know that the answer to your question like can't be, it can't be answered in like this face-to-face, like like this 10 minute conversation, whatever you, like I'd be curious to what folks expect out of that, you know, like, um, it's, it's like walking up to to like a a teenage a teenage Muslim girl on a bus and being like, "Hey, can you tell me everything about Islam?" Like, she's not she's not she's not about to tell you. Like, what? How do you even? I, like, what you like? You're expecting your expectations for this conversation is not is not realistic. And so, I think I think the work is is folks really like genuinely committing and educating themselves. And then after you know they've done that work, if they have someone in their life who has communicated to them that they're comfortable with, you know, diving into that deeper, like a queer trans person, um, I think I think then you have those conversations. But the work the work is not approaching us and expecting us to like like give you a ninety minute workshop on the spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Before I I wrote out these questions, and again, I didn't I didn't realize you were still in the closet. And I apologize for making that assumption that you were out of the closet um, with everyone. But in general, with coming out, it's obviously very nerve wracking, I would say, um, no matter what your identity is, but especially, you know, gay, transgender, non-binary. Um, like, What advice would you give to someone who thinks that they might identify as being a part of the community? Um, but is afraid to acknowledge it or come out to those they know. And we can both take a turn at this one, just so I'm not lobbing all these questions at you. Okay, but I wish I wish somebody answered that question for me. Dang, because I'm still I'm still like, ooh, how do you how do I come? <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. For me, it was helpful to. I think I was able to come to terms with my identity as as a non-binary person because because I was around other non-binary people who who were out. Um, uh, and so I would say try to find your community. There are queer and trans people where you are, um, and there are queer and trans people who are out where you are, especially if you're in the arts community. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone. Or so many artists are queer and trans because I feel like there's a relationship between art and, and fighting against oppression, and so we find we find a home there. Um, but I'll say try to find your community, um, and try to read stuff. Like I know I say read, read, read because I'm a nerd, but it doesn't have to be read. It doesn't have to be reading necessarily. It could be podcasts and it could be music. Um, but there are there are resources for you to to just come to terms with your identity on your uh, in your own way and coming out to yourself first 
um, before you feel pressured to come out to somebody else. Because it, it really helped me to build that relationship with myself before I even considered like like telling anyone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. For me, I think I came out at a really early age. I think I was like, I want to say 12 when I came out. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I was a youngin. I still am, but at twelve, I was really, I was really youngin. Um, and I think for me, I probably knew. To be honest, there were signs probably my whole life. Like, let's be real here. But um, I think I probably knew, in like sixth grade, and then came out in seventh. Um, and I think for me, I definitely agree with you, Terrence. Just realizing it myself, and mm. I didn't really, I didn't really want to be gay like I think a lot of people this is like a side story but I feel like I don't know Terrence if you've ever experienced this but a lot of people when I come out they're like especially with friends who are girls they're like oh my gosh like I secretly wish I was gay and I feel like it erases like a lot of the like oppression that like those who are gay have actually felt because I feel like a lot of times if you see somebody who is out and gay like they're happy like I'm very happy being out um but like it took a lot of work to get to that place and I feel like people don't really understand the the backstory of that but anyway sorry that was just a side note I kind of went out there um I feel like it's really important just to realize that yourself and realize that it's going to be okay and you're going to get through it. Um, I feel like for me, as I said, like I didn't want to be gay. Like I was like, cause I knew, you know, the oppression and pain that all of that came with. Um, and I remember just being like, please, like, please don't let this be a thing. Like, please <laughs> trying to like literally like pray the gay away. Um, which I look back and I just like laugh at myself. Um, but it's the truth. And I think it's at any age, I think people are in that stage where they just are in denial, which is, I think, very natural. Um, but I also think it's important to like know that like it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously people don't know like the reaction of their family and their friends, but. I think going off of Terrence, being able to accept yourself, that's really the biggest hurdle that you have to overcome, I think. Because once you accept yourself, you know, it's. I think it's just a lot easier. Yeah, I think I think you hit that on the nail. And like, I'd also I'd also add to if there are any, if there's any like thing, if there's any gay or, or trans things that you have wanted to do. Or like you feel like you can't because the people around you are gonna judge you. I'd encourage folks to like find a safe space, like find a private space in your room, like when everyone's asleep or no one's home, and like do that gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> Say it, Terrence. Say it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's nothing as long as you're in like a safe place, I don't there's nothing wrong with expressing who you are, whatever that may be. Um, so yeah, that was really good. That was solid advice, Terrence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what, I mean, so I guess 
I, I could take this question if you want, because um, I know you aren't, you are not out to um, family, unless you want to, you want to add something, but just um, maybe speaking on, you know, your rebuttal to family members who are like in denial or are like, quote unquote, like disappointed, um, kind of what you would say to those family members who may not be accepting. And I can take this one, too. I can take it by myself, or if you want to add anything. Mm. Can you tackle it, and then I'll jump no. on it? <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I think for me, I was very fortunate um, because there was already um, a couple in my family who um, was gay, my aunts, Um and everybody was very accepting. Um, so I think that made it easier. It definitely was very hard to do still just because I feel like at 12 years old, I still wasn't 100% accepting of myself before I came out, which I wish I was because then I think it would have eased up a lot of like the stress on me with coming out. Um, but I think like to family members or friends who whoever, um, when a person comes out to you, like it, I think it's your responsibility to like validate their um, identity, whatever that may be, and be supportive. I really don't understand why, or I really don't understand how like family members and friends, um, like somebody's identity could be an excuse to not accept them or love them. I think for a lot of people, it takes time to accept who their family member is um, if they are a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And I think to some degree, that's okay because you picture that person one way and then they come out another way and it flips the story a little bit. But I do not think it is at all an excuse to excommunicate that individual Mm. and I would really encourage you to rethink your values a little bit if you think that that is an excuse. Um, But yeah, overall, I mean, acceptance-wise, I know it can be hard because you see that person one way and then they turn out another way and you're like, okay, this is just like new things happening. Um, So I understand that. But when it comes to accepting that family member, I mean, come on, like get over yourself. (laughs) um yeah and I know people may think that that's extreme and you know it's like the rebuttals of like well like now they may not be able to have kids because they're going to be married to like the same gender oh like now I'm not going to be able to it's like it's not about you (laughs) I'm sorry um but it's really about whoever is coming out to you so that's my two cents and that may have been abrupt but those are my thoughts (laughs) Terrence what do you think it's not a verb. I think I'm over here like like snapping in my head. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> um I mean I'll just add like fight them. <laughs> if if your family member is, is giving you shit, like beat them up. I'm kidding. Okay. I I know I know a lot of folks aren't aren't like 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 that, but um <laughs> if it, <laughs> if you're someone who, who who is okay with like fist fights and beating somebody like you and um I think that I think that's a great opportunity to to do that. <laughs> but um I don't know. I I just try 
in that situation, like if I came out to family and they were not accepting of me or wanted to excommunicate me, I think something, I don't know. For one, like me, I'm, I'm like, I guess I don't want to be in communities that feel like they don't want me there. Um, and so for me, I'm like already, I already left in my head, you know, I'm like, I'm like, whew, I'm never coming to another gathering. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never seeing you again. Um, but if it is important for you to be accepted by this family, um, I, I'd say if I was in that situation, I try to like reroute the conversation and our love for each other, you know, like, 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 mm-hmm. Like, do you still love me as as your cousin? Uh, hey, remember that time you went to the store and we did this dumb thing? And remember this thing? <laughs> I'm still that human. I just, I just like guys, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think I think if you I think if you frame it in that way, because I think I think folks would would I think folks are okay with being homophobic or transphobic but maybe they're less okay with like like ooh, i hate my cousin you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely definitely agree um okay there's just a couple left so i know i've been throwing them at you hopefully you're getting a little bit of a break with me talking to <laughs> um but yeah i guess i could go first if you want me to since you just went um but just kind of wanting to discuss like how you think being within the LGBTQIA plus community um, and being a person of color like shapes your upbringing and outlook on life and the challenges you faced. Um, I can go first or if you don't want to answer and you just want to take a break, that's okay too, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, can you kick us off? Yeah, no, no, no you're good. You're good. Um, Gosh, I gotta think about my own question here. Um, <laughs> It'd be like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think for me, um, I've just, I think I'm. Hmm, gosh, this is a tough one. I asked a tough question to myself. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I guess I can't like predict the future. Like if I was like a straight white girl, I don't really know what I'd be like. But um, I definitely mm. would not change who I am for anything. I am at the point where I like just love my identity um, and myself because I've kind of been coming to terms with it since I was 12. Um, So I've had a lot of time to grow and kind of grow into the person I am. Um, I think if I was not a part of the LGBTQIA plus community and not a person of color, I feel like I wouldn't be as deep of a thinker um you know Mm. my parents have really raised me to like be a deep thinker but I also think that comes with you know the identity that I hold um and I feel like because of my identity I you know am I'm kind of forced to be more aware of the things that are going on um Mm. you know like if I was straight and white and you know cisgender I feel like I wouldn't be as educated on stuff because I wouldn't need to be. Um, Not that, you know, not, not that being educated, you shouldn't be the utmost importance for anyone, but I think especially for marginalized groups, very marginalized groups, such as the ones that um, Terrence and I are in, I think that you kind of have to be 
more on top of what's going on, right? Um, like I remember when was um gay marriage passed in the US? Was that like twenty fifteen or was that sixteen? I wanna I, say it was sixteen. I think it was like twenty sixteen. I know Okay. I know it was during Obama's term, so Okay. Yeah. And I'm I think I remember that day and that was before I came out, but you know, I was definitely feeling feeling which way I was leaning um I just remember seeing that and thinking like wow like I can get married and like it's kind of sad that like I was so happy at the fact that like I could have like the rights of somebody who was straight you know like I don't Mm. like that's sad to think that like people who are a part of this community don't have those same rights and those privileges um so I feel like with that I've just been a little more um aware of the stuff going on just because I have to be um but yeah and I also think I've just been a little more um I don't know I feel like I'm like boasting about myself like I'm so aware (laughs) um but yeah just being able to like identify what's actually going on um I feel like because I identify that way as such then this is like who I am um and while it's like I I think, like, people, a lot of the times they, like, see if they, like, have, know somebody in their life who's gay or whatever or non-binary or trans or however they identify, I think they only see them that one way. And I wish people, like, wouldn't frame people around, like, their gender identity or their sexuality because there's obviously, like, so much more to a person than that, right? Like, there's a lot more to me than being gay and being a person of color right like I've got other stuff going on (laughs) um so yeah that's just kind of my perspective I felt like I was very rambly there but hopefully that made sense (laughs) it made a lot of sense to me I think it helped clarify my answer too yeah for me I'm uh for me I um I'm very passionate and I'm very engaged in the world around me. Um, and a huge part of that, I think, is is because I kind of have to be as a Black trans person. Like, um, I, I I have personal stake in, in a political issues about a police um, and education and healthcare and, like, 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 these things directly affect me and people I care about. And if I wasn't a part of my communities, then um, if I was like a cis, a cis white person, I I don't know. I could I could see a version of me that's way more disengaged, you know, and just I mean, not caring about the world, um, um and maybe not passionate about about uh, about liberation issues, um, yeah. So, so I'm happy I'm. Happy I'm not that guy. Happy I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I second that. I'd much rather be this way than the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So this is the last This is the last question here. Um, I know we've been going at it for a while, but I hope I hope you've enjoyed this conversation because I really have. I have too. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> talked to you in a minute too, Abby. So this is I know. It's been a while. <laughs> Breakthrough. Breakthrough brings, brings people together. Um. But yeah, so like the final question is like I know you've touched on this before, but just how 
someone can be a better ally to somebody who is a person of color and within the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and if you want, I can go first, or if you don't want to answer, that's okay too. Or if you want to go, uh, just let me know. I can go. Yeah. Okay. How can someone be a better ally? Is that the question? Yes. Yes. Yeah, bet. Um, I would say, in addition to doing the reading and not walking up to people and being like, tell me about yourself or tell me about your identity. Uh, I think in addition to that, um, I'd say really think about like what it means to be in solidarity with somebody versus being an ally. Um, I think being in solidarity means that you're willing to, to put your body on the line for issues that may not affect you personally. Um, Cause like you see, you see someone else's freedom as intertwined with your own, as intertwined with your own, and you see mm-hmm. a personal attack on a person of color or a queer and trans person as like like a personal offense to you. Like you feel the way about that, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like allyship is more like, oh, stuff is happening to this group over there, and I'm and my heart's with you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like you're not you're not as invested, or you're not you're not as engaged because you don't view it as as your problem um so i i'd really i'd really encourage folks to um to dig deeper than than allyship mm-hmm. yeah i really like that point terrence that you make with the differences between allyship and solidarity um i feel like i could definitely second what you have to say um and just like I don't know if this is like a good term or not, but it's the term that I can think of just like getting in there with that person and getting Mm. in the mud with them. I feel like me personally um, within, you know, the part of my identity that's in the LGBT community and then the part of my identity who is within the um, BIPOC community. I feel like as Terrence said, there's a lot of like posting like a square on Instagram and being like, I'm here for you, but then like not, not taking the time to like actually reach out, not taking the time to sign petitions, not taking the time to like reach out to people who are in places of power. And it's like, that's Mm. all, a Mm. lot of that is falling on the people who are affected. (laughs) So they are so beaten down. And then like people are over posting like squares that are like, this is happening. You should care about it. It's like, Yeah. yeah, you should too. Like, what are you doing about it? You know? Um, So I think that's really interesting. I think we've seen a lot of that throughout this year, you know, from like George Floyd to the shootings in Atlanta, people being Mm. like, just posting a picture of George Floyd, remember him. It's like, Mm. yeah, but like, what else? Like, what else can we do? You know, and like the Atlanta shootings, like, hashtag stop Asian hate. It's like, great. Like, what else? (laughs) You know? Um, So just being aware that there's like more that you can do and you know if you want to truly you know be in solidarity as Taryn said being able to like do and not just spread awareness and I don't, I don't think spreading awareness is a bad thing at all but it can only go so far as to creating real change I think boom <laughs> <laughs> thanks Terrence thanks for the hype yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yes, so that is all I got for us, Terrence. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. And you said a lot that really opened my eyes um, to like the work that I need to put in um, to really get to mm. where I should be. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you taking on like the emotional labor of doing this. I know it's like not easy to get on here and talk to me for like 45 minutes about yourself and your life. Um, I wish you the absolute best with coming out to your family. Um, I really hope that goes well. Um, if you need backup, let me know. Um, (laughs) but yes, best of luck to you. Um, and keep me posted on what you're up to because I know whatever you do, you're going to freaking kill it. Of course, Abby. It was a pleasure. I I am excited to see your post high school journey. You feel me over here graduated. I see you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm humbled that you thought about me for this. Um, and thank you. Hope you have a great weekend. Yes, yes thank you, Terrence. And that was episode nine of the Realities of Race. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Um, gonna be honest, this is gonna be the last one for a while. Um, I have started uh, an internship again with Breakthrough Twin Cities. So I will be teaching there this summer, um, and then I'm gonna be heading off to college. So this is gonna be the last one for a while. Um, I'll probably continue to do it throughout college, um, but probably won't be for a little bit just because I gotta do the whole adjustment thing, right? Um, but yeah. That's it, folks. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. I hope to have another one out in the fall next year. Uh, Or maybe if I meet more people this summer, I'll be able to do a couple. Um, But I'm not going to make any promises because I really don't know what the schedule is going to look like. Um, But yeah, that's all I got. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Keep rocking it like you probably are. Enjoy the summer. Uh, For those who are out on summer break, congrats. Uh, Enjoy your summer. Um, Yeah. I'll see you next time. Peace.